0: Uh, man are you ready to have some affinity for Satan
1: no no, <laughs> no I'm not at are, you all. Ready,
0: are you ready to get comfortable with the uh, with the uh, Lord of Darkness
1: no because apparently Jean luc Godard is fucking Satan and I have no sympathy for that piece of shit at this moment in my life
0: well I got I've I, I got some sympathy if that's what we're dealing I have
1: with none anymore but anyway.
0: So welcome to episode 23 of Stuck in the Metal with You, a podcast where two guys take a look at a critically divisive film and see on what side of the consensus they fall on. My name is Derek Gade and my uh, pissed off, truly pissed off friend is the one and only Juan Barkeen. Say hi, Juan.
1: Hi.
0: And we didn't like this one between the two of us.
1: Oh my god, we loved it so much though.
0: Between the two of us, we thought that this was underwhelming. <laughs>
1: No, we thought it was a masterpiece. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: You know, the tone of your voice kind of gives you away. What did we watch one?
1: Does it? Does it give me away? A little okay, bit. well, I don't give a fuck. We saw Sympathy for the Devil, which is indeed named after the Rolling Stones song.
0: Yes, the uh, Rolling Stones song from, I believe it's Beggar's Banquet?
1: Yes, I believe so too.
0: That song is one of the classics of the. Uh, I guess what you would call the uh blues based British rock idiom. Yeah. But the Sounds film <laughs> the film that we saw named Sympathy for the Devil was released in nineteen sixty eight and directed by Jean Luc Godard.
1: And uh about half of the movie is Hold on, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 oh. whoa. Let's set let's let's set hold on. Come on, we'll have plenty oh, of sorry. time. sorry.
1: I wanted to explain what the movie was about. I didn't ask you to do so yet. Well, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't realize I needed your fucking your <laughs> you permission let, let to, me set, to, to continue the. Let me set this up. Uh huh. So
0: Jean-Luc Godard is a very uh, influential filmmaker from France. Uh, Shocking. Part, uh, part, of the, part of the French New Wave, which also brought the world uh, Francois Truffaut and Claude Chabrol, all sorts of awesome filmmakers. He got heavy into politics in the late 60s. He spent most of the 1960s making sort of genre pastiches that played on that that traded on I guess what he saw in American movies and things that he saw in French movies that he wanted to dissociate himself from this is sort of the the MO of the new wave but Godard found politics he found he found Mao he found Maoism in the late 60s and sympathy for the devil splits the Godard filmography in two Pre-radical Goddard and post-radical Goddard. Now, Juan, what in the name of the holy hell is Sympathy for the Devil about?
1: Okay, so, uh, Sympathy of the Devil, which was originally titled 1 plus 1, actually, which kind of, I feel, makes a little more sense. It's still called like that's that. It's one maybe. half of a good movie plus one half of an okay. awful, awful movie. It, well, um, in, in, in the film's defense, it's one half sort
0: of fly-on-the-wall uh, documentary-style footage, fly-on-the-wall footage of the Rolling okay, Stones well, recording the That's what the I Hitler's was going to
1: explain. Thank you very much. I feel a little annoyed <laughs> because you literally... Forced me not to say anything, and now you just took that away from me. Because, like, what the fuck was that, Derek? What the fuck was that? Huh? Are, you,
0: are you gonna be a bastard the whole episode?
1: Yeah, I am. Because you literally just like you'd not let me finish introducing the goddamn movie after you told me to wait to introduce the goddamn movie.
0: Should we take it again?
1: Yes. No. We can. We can keep it like this. I would like to keep it like this. This. This is. This is important. I feel. This is I, not, feel, I feel robbed, much like not, the film robbed me of a decent experience of watching the Rolling Stones this is, perform <laughs> and rehearse and continue to just attempt to get their song down properly, which is what half of the movie is about. So what's the other half about? The other half is <laughs> the other half is pretentious bullshit. <laughs> well let's give credit where credit is due first, okay? Okay, 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 what? hold on, hold on. Let's 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 go through the the many things that happen in in the second half of, of of the movie. So obviously the first half is just like you know, like long shots of the Rolling Stones recording and re-recording and rehearsing and rehearsing. Uh, a bunch of parts to Sympathy for the Devil. It's really, it's really simple, really interesting. It kind of reminds me of like a more stylized D.A. Pennebaker. Cause like, I just think about like, like his company, uh, cast recording. It's very like, it's very intimate. It's all very behind the scenes, simple, just presenting the music. And then you have on the other half, the first time it cuts away from them doing this, it is just like, this junkyard and it's littered with fucking cars and like engines. And there's these guys carrying guns and they are black Panthers (laughs) and they are carrying guns and reading from like these like texts that I genuinely have no idea what they are.
0: I believe they are, uh, texts of radical politics
1: yes presen- like I I don't know who they're ridden by though so like I, I mean that's about it and then they're like ushering in these white women in like <laughs> white dresses, white dresses <laughs> and like one of them is being like fondled and touched against her will on the floor as she just lays there passed out and they read about how like
0: oh my god
1: Uh, They read about like white women and black women, and then these other women are getting taken aside and being like beat and murdered. It's very troubling. and the entire time they're like, there's Black Panthers just speaking about like radical black politics, and like it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And then it cuts back to 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 them just rehearsing. Yeah, when
0: when you say have. It's not like the first 45 minutes of the film are the Stones rehearsing and the back 45 minutes are these these sort of
1: skits because they are skits. They're sketches. They're literally skits. That's it. They're the but most no, staged, poorly, poorly staged things in the world. They alternate between the two
0: over the course of the film, which leads and to uh, is, some pretty pretty interesting tonal shifts.
1: Yes, because it's not just – Okay, so this is just the first segment. The second segment is – um. Uh, and uh, you 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 can probably pronounce her name better than I can. Is it Wiazemsky or I think Viesemski? it's I think
0: it's uh, Anne Wiazemsky, who was uh, Jean-Luc Godard's wife at the time.
1: Yeah, I had no idea about that, but you you did you you mentioned the films she's been in a little earlier. Yeah, she earlier was also in
0: Weekend, and she was in uh, La Chinoise.
1: My goodness, but um. Jeez. Which is which is
0: one of uh, uh, Godard's uh, other sort of radical Maoist, let's get some shit done texts.
1: Or at least I haven't seen either one of those, so I can't really...
0: Well, I haven't seen Weekend, it. but I have seen Les Chinois.
1: Okay, so I'm curious. Like, okay, so let's let's take a minute and go over which Jean-Luc Godard films have we each seen.
0: That's a good idea. Because, here's the thing. Most casual cinephiles are like, okay, yeah, I've seen the stuff from the 60s. And there's like a giant hole where the '70s and '80s are, because that's the nobody
1: g- wants to touch it.
0: <laughs> it's it's not that nobody wants to touch it. First of all, it's kind of sparsely available.
1: Ah, uh, fair point.
0: Like uh, de Cinema, for example, took like ten years to finish up. Mm-hmm. It was only available like in parts, and it was only completed in like the late '90s. Uh, there's all the there's all the video work. There's all sorts of shorts um there's like uh there's the 80s period which is uh where the thing where the movies are a bit more available that's like sort of second level uh godard because the first level is all the 60s stuff with the new wave stuff anyway so if i go down the list and i check the the godard films that i have seen and i think it's like a partial list here because there's all like i said shorts and uh video works and all sorts of all sorts of wild shit that's not exactly super available.
1: Yeah. Well, I already know how many I have.
0: Okay, so I've seen uh, Breathless, Alphaville, Pierrot Le Fou, uh, Two or Three Things I Know About Her, La Chinoise, uh, Sympathy for the Devil. Uh, see, now there's a big hole in
1: the 70s. And then I'm pretty sure you just jumped to Goodbye to Language.
0: Yeah, big hole in the 80s, and
1: then we have Goodbye
0: to Language. So that's seven. Yeah.
1: So I have also, interestingly enough, seen seven. I've seen Breathless, uh, A Woman is a Woman, uh, Viva Savi, Band of Outsiders, Le LeFou, Sympathy for the Devil, and Goodbye to Language.
0: So here's the thing. We're both sort of versed in this... Not even versed. I mean, we're just more versed in the 60s stuff. So now there's, like... We haven't seen, like, Hail Mary. We haven't seen... uh...
1: We haven't seen uh, his King Lear thing. In my defense, I do want to watch Arya eventually.
0: No, he has like he has like one part of that.
1: Especially because I do think it'd be interesting to do um, to do Aria for this this very same podcast. That's right, actually. because Aria has a fifty uh, percent rating. But yes, hey, man, maybe we'll do it next time. And probably not though, because I just I don't really want get a bit to of a Jean-Luc right Godard now. hangover. I feel like I need to like. Yeah, see the thing is every time I watch one of his movies that I really like, I'm just like, "Man, I really want to watch more of his movies. I think it'd be interesting." And then I watch one that I hate and I'm just like, "Man, I really regret doing that because he's kind of garbage." Well, uh, here's the thing.
0: <laughs> Godard is kind of an imp, right? Like I feel I like you can, I feel like you can draw a pretty straight line between Goddard and like bad boy European directors of like the 90s, like like Lars von right? And fucking yes, Gaspar Noé. But obviously, those are like like extreme, more interesting inversion.
1: filmmakers. <laughs>
0: gonna, those are like,
1: I mean, I'm such a dick.
0: We're not going to turn this into a burn fest. I mean, let's give credit where credit is due. No, I do. am
1: going to turn this into a burn fest. All right, Post- all right. Then sixties, the is just.
0: Then I'm going to put on my good. Cop. I'm going to put on my good cop hat. Then
1: okay, I'll be the bad cop. I don't give a fuck. Like all right, <laughs> so let's talk
0: about sympathy for the devil. This is ostensibly what this what this podcast is about, right?
1: Yes, yes, okay. correct. Let's let's dial it back, I guess.
0: <laughs> I always, the film, from a formal standpoint, is really interesting, and at points transcends interesting into actually cool.
1: Yes, when it is focused on not just the Rolling fo- Stones,
0: not just when it's focused on the Stones. All those are unbroken takes. I mean, there's there's magic in the studio. You can put pretty much like any band doing anything in a studio. And it will be at least interesting. But there's a kind of aura when we're talking about the Rolling Stones, when we're talking about Sympathy for the Devil. And the fact that it's broken down into – it feels like about maybe – let's say 45 minutes. 45 minutes of the film is dedicated to them rehearsing Sympathy for the Devil. It starts off as this slow kind of droney number and then – progressively over the course of the film becomes the version that we all know and that part which diffuses the myth of the genius creator that you sort of have to hack at a thing until it takes the shape of something that you like it takes the shape of something final is by far and away the most interesting thing about this movie
1: yes i agree wholeheartedly
0: the skits for lack of a better term
1: yeah. her shot with oh, which we still haven't finished going over. <laughs>
0: we'll go. We'll what go. What the them.
1: skits are? We've covered. Because two, I feel we'll like that to... is an in- immensely no. We've we've covered one. Oh no, we I didn't get to finish. Uh, oh, that's right. So I literally was... just explained her name. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. We so should... let me let me okay, let me yeah. at least. Uh, okay. So first one was Black Panther. Second one is um. It's Eve with democracy. MC. Yes, Eve democracy, and she. <laughs> Literally, all his wife does in this movie is like walk around in a dress, saying yes and no, answering questions that are honestly just Jesus fucking Christ. It's like outdoors. It's like a nice little like forest type of. It's very pastoral. Yeah, and and she's just like. You know, like what is your name? And then just like I don't, or like no, not what is your name. Like oh, is your name this? Is your name that? Is your name Eve? And then she's like yes. And then is your name like radicalism? Or like your surname like radicalism? Is your surname like communism? Is your surname this? Is your surname is your surname democracy? And then she's like yes. And I'm just like oh my god, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm, um, here's the th- <laughs> she's like supposed to be a personification of democracy, essentially. Yep. Fucking such bullshit.
0: <laughs> it's it's kind of ponderous and kind of ham fisted. It's really
1: ham fisted.
0: Well, the first one was the Black Panthers in the in the wreckyard with the guns and the white women, which is uncomfortable but also ham fisted. Eve Democracy is ham fisted. Is the third one the yes. bookstore?
1: The third one, I believe, is the bookstore, uh, uh. which like essentially <laughs> It has, like, a, 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 a mountain of star. just men's magazines. There's, like, tits. There's a little of everything. There's, like, Nazi pamphlets. Uh, um, yeah, shouts out, like, for
0: the, shouts out to the set decorators for little, putting a copy of Cats up on the wall.
1: And she just, like, I noticed, like, Doctor Strange, I think, at one point. And I was, like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, like, this one woman who goes in, she's, like, like, <laughs> like, like, she just. Like, no, it's not even just her. There's more than one person. There's, like, multiple people who, like, do the the Nazi salute yeah, when yeah. they finish buying their products. And I'm just like, uh, what the fuck is happening like Here's the in thing. This thing? I <laughs> want to
0: say that – here. okay, let me try to break this down. It's a shop that sells, <laughs> like, genre paperbacks, comic books, pornos, and Nazi pamphlets. And I think the way – like, you don't have to pay, but you do have – to sort of get a paper, do a Sieg Heil and slap a couple of Maoists and then you leave. Yes.
1: Yes. Which is, yeah, yeah, there's like two Maoists in the corner. Like, like (laughs) it's the most baffling concept to me. Like, how is this like a, like a thing that happens?
0: I don't know. I mean, these are all sort of potent images on their own in some cases for all the wrong reasons. But, I mean, I think this is supposed to be pop art because this is
1: 1968. But I don't you know believe, if it works. But it's not good pop art. That's the problem. Like, Here's and I hate thing. sounding like the asshole who's like, oh, this is bad. But like, it it's just, it's, it's a fucking mess. I'm
0: going to try to break a it down. It's just a bunch of little
1: ideas, ideas shoved into what should be a documentary about creating a song and diminishing the notion of genius creator. Like, that's like... That's what half of this movie is about, and then the other half is like Godard's political standpoint.
0: I'm gonna try to break this down a little bit to get to the to the root of why the politics of the film are so irksome. Go ahead. All right, All right. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to sound this out because this is a podcast and this is the ideal medium for trying to just sound things out and Figure talk about things what and whatever we're
1: trying to say. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> It feels like all of the concepts, the political and ideological social concepts in the film here are being treated by the writer-director as pop art found objects. Black radicalism, communism, Maoism, Nazism. I don't know, know, pornos and pulp books. I don't know how they figure into this one. But it feels like they're just like sort of these building blocks. Like these little Legos that Jean-Luc Godard puts together to try to – make shapes <laughs> i mean they're they're ostensibly scenes they're like they're like little contained happenings like jean-luc Godard, the uh the impish polemicist doesn't do anything for me because i don't even think he takes it seriously
1: i don't think he does and that's what is particularly frustrating because uh the last skit is essentially it's a it's a sort of
0: it's like a fake normandy
1: i guess follow-up of um like the first the Eve one. Democracy set and the second one, or no? Technically, it blends all of the. Yeah, it would blend like, all three, right? That makes sense. All of them together. It's on a beach. I think like someone says, like, "Oh, what are they doing?" And the other one says, like, "I think they're shooting a movie." And there's literally just like this huge camera crane, and a woman's on top of the crane, and like literally she just lays there while the camera just moves around shooting her on the camera crane, and like the sky is in, you know, the sky is looking beautiful, and there's, like, I think it's a French flag waving, and the movie just kind of ends there. And I was honestly baffled, baffled, by the fact that the movie ends on, like, this, like, two-minute shot of just a woman laying on a fucking crane with the French flag and...
0: I think maybe Jean-Luc Godard was thinking that he was making a piece of agitprop, but... (laughs) Agitprop is supposed to sort of agitate, not confuse. And I don't know. It fe- I, oh man, this is something else. It's Just
1: not good. It's just. It's I just mean, a mess. Like,
0: like I don't. Maybe I'm a giant dumb shit who got an MA in film studies by mistake. But I'm not entirely <laughs> sure.
1: That's what happened, dude. You just got. You just got an MA I just, by I just mistake.
0: I just kept failing upwards. <laughs> I kept I kept writing things and that they kept giving me credit for it.
1: <laughs> I don't know this man. This guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about, kind of. Let's give it to him. <laughs> I, I,
0: the reason I say that is because it's kind of this No no, I mean I got I got a real point here. I got a real smart point. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Something.
1: I'm sorry. It's just amusing. Like <laughs> go ahead.
0: I think this I think this movie I'm not I'm I'm sure this movie has something to say. But goddamn, I don't know what it is. I mean, what does that final shot mean? Does that mean somehow that cinema has killed democracy? Is it – is black radicalism exactly. somehow somehow comparable to Maoism? Is somehow comparable to like German fascism? I'm not oh, wait, sure. Is
1: democracy killing cinema?
0: Or is democracy killing cinema? Is cinema killing democracy? What the hell are do the we Rolling all Stones have to do so, with this?
1: Are we all being overtaken by these perverse images that we find in in, 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 in consumerist ways, <sighs> like comic books and pinup magazines and Nazi pom- pamphlets, and and just you know we're so overwhelmed by that that we can't appreciate <laughs> politics and true cinema. Here's the and thing: what this movie is important in life. This
0: movie movie pisses me off for the same reason that academic writing pisses me off because it's more concerned concerned with obfuscation than it is with actually making a clear point to whoever
1: is reading it. That is exactly – and I feel like that is going to be a very common theme. Like if and when we do explore more of Godard's work, I feel like that's exactly what it is. They're just essentially like visual essays entirely dedicated to pushing his own – Listen,
0: Political. the 70s and 80s is full of Goddard video essays.
1: Exactly. That's like That's what he does. he does. And, I mean, like, and Goodbye frankly, Language
0: was a video essay,
1: basically. Yes. It's just it wasn't a particularly interesting one, in my opinion. I liked it a lot better than I like this. This is for sure. I agree. I, <laughs> I very mean, much agree. I was kind of hot and cold on it for a, the same reasons. But, but, in, I, my, but in, in Goodbye to Language's defense, at least it had interesting filmmaking applied to it
0: this is very true
1: this has filmmaking that could have been done by any other human being no, probably need,
0: the filmmaking here is fine it just it's it's a lot of it's a lot of long takes it's a lot of yeah
1: it's cool it's just like okay if i want to watch a fucking documentary about the rolling stones i'll just go check out martin scorsese's shine a light or something well you also have the option For like any shelter,
0: shelter or cocksucker's blues or whatever
1: there's a bunch there's like yeah there's a billion fucking options like
0: and if you wanted to watch godard be a total polemicist just sort of pick and choose a movie from his 70s period
1: exactly even during the long interrupted shots of of like the rolling stones in the sound studio they also include this atrocious voiceover
0: That. oh yeah the voiceover he's reading like a like a dirty novel or something right
1: I don't, I don't remember what the fuck he was reading because I honestly just started tuning him out to attempt to listen to what was in the background happening.
0: I think it was, I think it was a pornographic novel.
1: I have no idea. I genuinely have no idea. I thought like at one point they mentioned like, like, I don't know, somebody dying or something. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't remember. I genuinely don't know. I, I was so frustrated listening to it speak. And it would just be in not only the skits because they do have him in the bookstore, but they also just have him reading while the Rolling Stones are performing and getting ready to perform. And it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Well, if, well
0: if the point of that is to sort of you know dis- be disruptive
1: and yes, just. But it's not good. <laughs> like it doesn't add anything to the movie at all. At all. Like, at, at at all. Like, I'm very frustrated about this. I think it's bullshit. I think it's, like, I hate using the word pretentious. I really, really do, but I think <laughs> it's pretentious bullshit.
0: How the hell are we going to have the Black Panthers in a movie not address the fact that the Rolling Stones are playing basically black music? Yes! Yes! Yes,
1: I mean, thank you. I was waiting for you to bring that up because, like, I remember, I, I saw you mention it earlier, like, and I they thought like paid,
0: they paid lip service to it at the beginning of the first sketch of the Black Panthers, but it's not addressed.
1: No, because it immediately slides into oh, these Black Panthers are killing these white women while reading about how like black men glorify white women. Like it, it, it's, uh, it's 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 honestly so it's astounding. It's astounding that this 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 is a film that exists. I can't, like...
0: How about those puns that uh, Godard comes up with?
1: Which ones?
0: Well, the you ones know, fucking... the ones that he spray paints in those little A-sides. Oh like my god, uh, okay,
1: can like... we talk about my favorite one? Which one is your okay. favorite? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, my personal favorite moment was... <laughs> Okay, so they're all kind of like, the camera's just kind of gleaning over this porn. And, and and like, <laughs> it cuts away to this woman in front of a red car. And she is literally, she writes US, and then an equal sign, and then draws a swastika. And I had oh to God. pause my goddamn movie. Um. And just just to laugh for for like a minute straight because it's genuinely the stupidest thing in the world. But now that's this, not even like uh, the best one. Now I got I got a top 3. I got, okay, I, got go. I got my
0: top 3 uh, agit puns from this movie. All right, uh, hit it. Number 3 is Soviet Kong because Soviet it, Kong. <laughs> That doesn't mean anything. But no, it's not no,
1: just they, that it's Soviet no, no, Kong. No, no, no. It's, it's, she writes, Viet, she writes Kong.
0: Viet Kong. And then and she then walks goes over back to And then writes so, so. Okay. So that's one. That's that's number three. Number two is uh, Sydney Marxism. Okay. Which is at least kind of clever. But not enough. I mean, that's basically what what Godard is engaging in, right? Yes. But my favorite is the one uh, I I, want to give an honorable mention to uh, to Freud spray painted on a sidewalk in front of a dude's lawn. The dude comes yep. out of his house and watches whoever's doing the spray painting. Spray painting?
1: It's beautiful.
0: But my number one favorite is when they go up to a car, and on someone's car, I don't know if it was a plant or anything, but they spray paint the word Mal, and down from the A, like the like fucking Banksy Scrabble, <laughs> write art. Yep. Uh, and, yep. And, but and,
1: no, I actually, and... to to bounce off of your Freud one, though, I personally enjoyed... Freud democracy uh, because at the very least that one seems vaguely interestingly tied to like the porn right and then immediately cut to Freud democracy and then back to porn and people like not buying but technically buying porn by hitting my Mah- <laughs> this is what you're I
0: love this card I understand that the late sixties were a fraught time politically in France, but come on.
1: Come the fuck on.
0: But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Steph, my girlfriend made the observation that you no, know, this is like Banksy level stuff.
1: Jean-Luc Banksy. It is. It is. It's Jean Luc Banksy. That's it. It's just fucking uh, it's garbage. I hope, I hope John, someday I genuinely hope that 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 Banksy I mean that that Goddard makes a banksy movie i would i would pay money to watch that
0: i don't think john he's interested
1: <laughs> luke Dard's dismaland Ugh. i don't know they say i feel like they could be bffs i'd watch I, i'd watch john luke godard's dismaland I think,
0: I think the banksy disney movie's already been made and it's not very good it's escape from tomorrow
1: yeah but it's much better than actual dismaland oh man and it's defense so we should. So clearly, should we clearly about wrap we were, this up for we this? we both gave this movie. I think we both gave this movie a fresh. I I don't know. <laughs> you, I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, if by fresh you mean rotten, this was yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was not my favorite Godard.
1: <laughs> this was my least favorite Godard I've seen so oh, far.
0: Actually, ooh, probably me too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Literally. yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is literally my least favorite John Godard film that I've seen so far. Like, Goodbye Language, I'm still very, very mixed on, but at least everything else I've seen by him I've actually enjoyed. Since uh, this Maybe, was maybe watch work. Talksucker's
0: Blues instead.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not a bad idea. Give me Shelter.
0: Give me Shelter, right.
1: Shine a light. There's so many options. So many goddamn options.
0: But here are some options that are otherwise maybe not necessarily Stones-related, but definitely movie-related. It's recommendation time! Oh yeah. my god. God,
1: how exciting. So this was my
0: pick. So Juan, what do you got for us?
1: Oh God. So I I want to pick like a 1968 movie because I don't really want to recommend any John Godard movies because I already technically have throughout the episode. Any yeah, um, technically
0: recommended just, the, uh, Viva de Sevilla just now?
1: Yeah, but um. So I was thinking. I'm like, okay, well, there's like, there's there has to be some movie that's like that has really good music in it and has really interesting experimentation in it. And oh my god, what's that? What movie <laughs> came out in nineteen sixty eight that is the most amazing thing in the world? Uh, oh, a... that's right. It's <laughs> what?
0: No, because I know what you're gonna say.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no shit. It's Stanley Kubrick's two thousand one a space odyssey. Yeah, um, yeah
0: that's, yeah.
1: that's I honestly I have nothing to say yeah, I have what nothing to say about this add? movie except for like it's magnificent. Just watch it. Like honestly, don't waste your time like you waste an hour and 50 minutes of your life watching fucking Rolling Stone sh- meets Godard shit. Um and you could just be watching like over 2 hours of amazingness instead. It's
0: so, like, such a feat. This movie is just definitely like one of the across the board contenders for greatest movie of all time.
1: Yes, without a single doubt in my mind.
0: In terms of uh, special effects, in terms of score, in terms of uh, use of program music, in terms of uh, everything, in, of a lot of things. I mean, I mean, I mean there's a reason Keir Dulia didn't get nominated for an Academy Award. This is not an actor movie, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Not that Kierdelia is bad at it. I'm <laughs> just saying.
1: He's great a, at what he needs to do,
0: and uh, which isn't
1: no, like a huge amount, but like still.
0: I, I saw I saw two thousand one in space. Odyssey for the first time, I think it was seventeen or eighteen years old, and the scene. I mean, there's. I mean, I know this constitutes spoiler, but the scene where uh, where Hal cuts loose one of the astronauts that's spacewalking, oh. and oh. he just spins in space, and there's nothing on the soundtrack
1: that it's freaked me brilliant. out that
0: just that was just like oh god wow okay it's
1: horrifying but brilliant there's so much about this movie that is just it's magnificent mm-hmm. it's honestly just the most magnificent thing in the world and it's,
0: it's pretty good
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's my recommendation how about you derek i'm, 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 I'm assuming going... you'll pick something a little more low-key
0: well you know i'm not gonna <laughs> pick one of the greatest movies of all time i'm pick a good one
1: okay uh, well that works
0: and uh, on the on the on the uh, thinnest uh, most tenuous of links, uh, Mick Jagger, uh, otherwise known as the lead singer of the Rolling Stones, uh, was f- featured featured briefly in the documentary My Best Fiend, which was a Werner Herzog jam, uh, chronicling his friendship with the, uh, the slightly troublesome <laughs> Klaus Kinski. Mm-hmm. And uh the reason he's in this for like maybe 15 or 20 seconds is because Mick Jagger was originally supposed to be in Fitzcarraldo. He was supposed to be like Klaus Kinski's like sidekick or whatever.
1: Which sounds fascinating to and,
0: me. I know, I want kind of want to see that cut in the alternate universe in which it exists. But uh, as it stands now, is this just really great uh look at like just this violent friendship and uh I've never seen a pair of people like Werner Herzog and Klaus Kinski. And I can't think of another actor-director combo who is more likely to have shot each other, or otherwise have like injured or ended each other's lives. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because you know, for good or ill, Klaus Kinski was a really magnetic character, and also just really, 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 just really also disconcerting when like he got going. And Herzog is just there beat for beat. Don't let him fool you in his old age. He's, he's perfectly capable of the same kind of lunacy. <laughs> he's probably just better at either hiding it or harnessing it.
1: Oh, I'm sure.
0: Don't forget that this oh, guy brought his film it. crew into the freaking Amazon jungle to shoot not one but two
1: movies. Such a fascinating filmmaker. I still really need to dive into more of his career. That's another, that's
0: another uh, filmography that's another filmography riches.
1: One like of these days. One of
0: one of these. So yeah, my best fiends. That's it. So next week, next time, right? Oh, rather. wait, that's my decision.
1: That is your decision. It is my turn to pick a movie because right. I'm amazing. and well, it's also like just your whatnot. turn. And yeah, you know, that, that. yes. But I have four options, and I'm trying so hard to pick between them because I don't know what I, I want to watch and talk about.
0: Mm. Well, you kind of gave me a hint earlier.
1: I know, but I... Decided other things too, uh, okay. <laughs> but no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with what I suggested, and I'm going to casually suggest a nice little dramedy uh, that stars this one actress who I kind of fell in love with a couple of years ago, whose name is Anna Margaret Hollyman, and she was in this movie called White Reindeer, which I really dug, and I'm pretty sure like <laughs> barely anyone has seen
0: well i uh, haven't heard of it so
1: really you've never heard of white reindeer i'm no, so No,
0: I, I thought you were going to say white oleander but no that's completely different
1: yeah that is incredibly incredibly different no she's in white reindeer she's also on like gaby g-a-y-b-y is that no, a have you is not that, heard that either it's on netflix I've,
0: I've heard of that is that like a uh, like a portmanteau of gay baby
1: i believe so yes <laughs> all right uh she's also on color wheel but uh The movie in question is called Small, Beautifully Moving Parts.
0: Small, Beautifully Moving Parts.
1: Yes. And also Andre Holland is in it, and he's on Steven Soderbergh's The Nick as a fantastic, fantastic character. He's just so good. But everyone is so good on The Nick. You know, I'm just going to recommend The Nick, which I just bought (laughs) on Blu-ray. (laughs) anyway so yeah small beautifully moving parts and it will be uh i believe the first movie we cover that is directed by a woman
0: man you're right episode 24
1: first goddamn movie by woman i cannot believe it but hey we're here
0: one for 24 is better than zero for 24 next time i'm stuck in the middle with you we will be covering Small, Small, beautifully, beautifully moving, moving parts, parts. Directed by Annie Howell and Lisa Robinson, two women.
1: Yeah, I know. Double the released fun. Released
0: in 2011. Now, right. Plug, plug time. Actually, you know what? Before we do plugs, we got a little housekeeping to do, which is exceptional.
1: Housekeeping.
0: A little housekeeping. First of all, uh, welcome to the people who came in through the letterboxed uh, mailing list. Uh, we oh, got featured. Right. We got featured in the mailing list. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago, and uh, there was a small jump in our in our subscribers. We went from low 60s to low 80s. So thank you to the 20-ish of you. Holy shit, we had 80 point.
1: subscribers. What?
0: We had we had 80 subscribers. It's tapered down into the into like the low 70s, but we had at one point.
1: Oh, <laughs> they didn't like us. Enough. They didn't like us at so all. Sad. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, and also, I'd like
0: to to thank the handful of people who actually wrote uh, reviews and gave us ratings on the iTunes Store, which uh, helped us boost our profile just a little tiny bit. Because now I get podcast recommendations.
1: I'm so glad that we have at least over. Like, it feels nice to know that there's over 50 people subscribed. Yep. Like that's that's kind of satisfying to me. Um, On just
0: yeah, uh, I mean,
1: good with that. I'm good with that. Like, that's so, something.
0: That's a, yeah, it's something. It's a little, it's a, we could throw a decent-sized party. Ooh! But uh, plugs...
1: You guys bring your own alcohol.
0: Juan and I run a website. It's Dim the House lights. You can find it at dimthehouselites.com. That's where all of our long-form film criticism goes. Uh, we share the space with uh, several other writers, including Michelle Arf, Chris Mello, Ross Burks, and Carl Harris. Uh, Juan's stuff you can find also at the Miami New Times... Uh, my stuff you can find at uh, my portfolio blog, MontrealSchlockCity.com. Uh, Juan and I are both active on Twitter and Letterboxd. My handle on both websites is Derek underscore G. Juan's is Whoa, WOAH. It's Juanito. That's all together. If you're interested in this pod specifically, you can go to our podcast website, which is at SITMWI Podcast.Tumblr.com. There you can find links to our RSS feed. Uh, our Twitter accounts, our Letterboxd accounts, and also a link to our iTunes show page so you can subscribe to us there and also leave a rating, a review, uh kind words, harsh words, anything really, any kind of feedback we get boosts our profile a little bit so more people can come in and listen. So I think that's about it.
1: That's about it, everybody. All right, so
0: um hopefully we won't try to take too long for the next episode. So I say this while knocking on wood, see you in two weeks.
1: See ya.